with me, Sarah Southern, and yet again I'm joined by the wonderful Elliot Granger. Good morning. And the equally fabulous James Clothier. Good morning. Yeah, again this week we're going to be talking about the death of Prince Philip, the very sad death of Prince Philip. I know that you're wearing black. Well, I am. We're in official mourning period in the UK. A whole eight days. I'm surprised that you two have got such colourful outfits on today, well, to be perfectly honest. Because the pubs are open and it's spring outside. Well, yes, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, it is uh, quite the uh, correlation of activities, isn't it? Prince Philip dying and then pubs reopening, so that the UK has gone a little bit mad we in the past couple of days. We can toast him in a way I think he would surely find appropriate. We can, but yes, I am wearing black today, uh, as I am, like the Queen, in official mourning. For, for Prince Philip, but he obviously died on Friday. We then saw uh, here in the UK blanket coverage of obituaries for about 36 hours on the television. Did you watch them all? Well, James, let's <coughs> kick off with you. Did you watch 36 so, hours I, of obituaries? I mean, I did. I listened to the radio uh, and then I switched over to another radio station where they were playing the same thing and then <laughs> another radio station where they were playing the same thing and the TV was wall to wall. I mean... Okay, so we've all seen there's been 110,000 complaints about the coverage. This is to the BBC. To the BBC so alone. For international visitors, the BBC is our state broadcaster. I think and if people you, know who the BBC are, Sarah. I know, but people might not know that it's a state broadcaster. Oh, okay. And you can complain. You can go online and put a complaint in. And over 100,000 people have complained about the coverage. I mean, I think that m- must make it the most complained moment in TV history. I think it does. When Piers They did, however, make it very easy to complain by creating a whole separate webpage where you could go to complain. And a further 162 people complained that they made it too easy <laughs> with the separate webpage. I mean, it was, it was excessive. It was boring. Uh, um, no, it wasn't boring. It was just... It, it was repetitive. It was repetitive. And it, basically, it's a one-fact story, isn't it? The man has died. And lots of people <clears throat> talked about him and gave tributes, which is wonderful. But he hasn't really been very active for the last four years. So a lot of the people who talked about it was a lot of speculation, a lot of not very personal anecdotes. Well, some of the stories that were being trotted out would be... There's a lot of factual, fact-checking going on. Well, oh, crumbs, a lot of fact-checking going on, i tell you that. But there, there would be people, for example, who met him at, I don't know, the um, the BAFTAs in 1999, and they would say how they met him in a lineup, and you're thinking, you met the man for 10 seconds. Yeah. You're not bringing anything to the table other than the fact that he said, oh, have you... We travelled far. So many, that's a nice dress. So many people saying, "Oh, he was a, he was a, a lovely consort to the Queen." Well, yes, he was the Queen's husband. Is that it? Yes, that's it. That, that was the story. <laughs> but this is the thing about the royals in general, though, don't you think? Is that so many of us have met them, mm. but literally for ten seconds, of like, yeah. oh, "Hello, how did you?" And then moving on, and that, that so that is that is a large part of actually their role in society and life. And if you try to find people who know them better and know something more meaty, they very sensibly, you know for the UK-based royals who remain, mm. uh, stay, stay quiet. Their friends aren't talking. Well, I have noticed True. that Giles Brandreth, who is a UK broadcaster, former Member of Parliament, who was friends with Prince Philip, has been on every single channel. Most so of the friends I'm assuming mm. I'm assuming that he'll be able to build a new conservatory from the fees that he's got <laughs> from all these broadcasters. <laughs> but it has been, you know, wall-to-wall blanket coverage here. But I thought what was really lovely on Sunday morning, when some of the Queen's children were at church, uh, they were meeting people who'd known uh, Prince Philip from the uh, Windsor estate and they had some TV cameras there and they spoke to him. But what was a, I don't want to say um, 
controversial, but slightly controversial, is Prince Andrew spoke to the press for the first time since that dreadful interview. I was actually quite surprised to see him. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought it would be something he'd put out or maybe just stay quiet because I know there was that whole all the kids all his kids are going to speak before the grandkids elements, and so they all came out with a statement but mm. I was surprised he did it to camera I know. but he said such mind. nonsense <laughs> well, it, 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 he's the nation's grandfather but bear in mind the FBI are desperate to speak to him about his alleged crimes he should you're right keep his lip button shouldn't he but... I re-watched um, his statement this morning mm. because obviously I'd seen it on the news on Sunday but I re-watched it this morning and I truthfully can't really pull out what he actually said because he just says nonsense. I and gave by, up after yeah. the first 30 seconds are just words that don't form a sentence. Completely. I, I don't really know where this is and going. He said, you know, I spoke to my father a few months ago about how things were and how we as a family... And I thought, what are you saying? You just need to say, he was loved, it is sad, we are supporting the Queen. The thing Move is, on. I think this is his way to get back into public life. I think that he sees this as kind of... You know, time's moved on, I can now be a figure. Like this whole row about him coming to the funeral dressed as a full admiral. Oh, I've which, not heard this. What's well, this? When he was 55, it was a gift of Her Majesty that he became a vice-admiral. Nice gift. Nice gift. <laughs> Is that means... what you want for your birthday, Elliot? I think it has a good uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I hate the sea, but it has a great uniform. It's probably, you get two little ribbons on your sleeves and two stripes on your trousers, and it's a, it's a lovely, it's a nice get-up. But when he was 60... He was due to be bumped up to full admiral, but he wasn't given that. Because he was disgraced. Because he was disgraced. Now he's 61, and he's saying, well, I mean, I should be a full admiral by now, so I want to go as that. Because this is the other thing that feeds into all the... Isn't it more than that, though? Because he now isn't any of... Hasn't he moved step back from all these roles? So he's not actually even now a vice admiral. Well, he's not he's, a, a senior member of the royal family anymore. So oh, he's not a working he's, member He's not anymore. a member of the royal family, but his working military member, roles... Working yeah, his member. military roles were not stripped from him. Oh, they weren't? Okay, no, sorry. so he so he is still technically a vice admiral. Uh, but what this is so important, well, why this is so important is because Harry was stripped of all his military roles when he went to America. Mm. So he can't, he, he can wear his medals, but he can't wear a, a military uniform. So he's going to have to wear a morning suit with his medals tagged on. Whereas all the other members of the royal family are, uh, yes. have got military well, we'll, roles. We'll, we'll, Charles, we'll come, regalia, we'll come exactly. on to the, the format and what we think people might be wearing at the, in the funeral in due course. But that Prince Andrew statement outside the church is the first time we've heard from him since mm. that BBC interview with Emily Maitlis where everything basically went wrong for him. <laughs> I we think... should remind listeners just the key thing about what he said. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, the fact that he couldn't sweat because of the <laughs> mysterious medical condition, that he can't have been at a sex party because he was at Pizza Express in Woking on that very <laughs> that day. That is still my favourite line. I know, it's insane. And, and that and the, even though he'd visited Epstein several times and he was known to the world as a massive sex offender, he had no idea. I mean, he was a friend. <laughs> well, oh, that's almost as good as Megan not reading her own press. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, they, they do say blind. nonsense at times, don't they? Mm. I think Prince Andrew probably will be trying to muscle his way back in, but I just think it would be foolish. I don't think the it's world still too needs soon. Prince Andrew. <clears throat> it is and still also, too unfortunately, soon. Uh, the, the, everything's been aligned for the Earl of Wessex to take on that mantle that the uh, Duke of well, Edinburgh had. Speaking of the Earl of Wessex, he then spoke to the TV cameras after Prince Andrew did. And to say it was night and day in terms of the reaction (laughs) would be a bit of an understatement as he spoke from the heart and his wife, Sophie Wessex, was stood next to him. And, you know, she... Was Lady Louise there as well? She was there and she had very dewy eyes. 
you know, obviously very upset about the death of her grandfather. And just as a family unit, I don't know where their son James was, but, you know, the three of them were stood there and it was just wonderful. And they spoke from the heart and, you know, how the Queen was doing. And you just thought, oh, this is what we want to hear at this moment in time. We want to hear the family situation. Also, I believe you you know that the Sophia, the Countess of Wessex, has got a very close relationship with Her Majesty, hasn't she? Yes. So it's been reported this week in the press that there are four women that the Queen heavily relies on and trusts implicitly. Uh, one is obviously her own daughter, the Princess Royal. That's not surprising. The other is Sophie Wessex. And then the other two ladies, uh, one is... Um, Angela Kelly. Angela Kelly, who's her dresser. And I have to admit, I've forgotten who the fourth <sighs> one is. So clearly a really important one. Uh, but, top flunky, <laughs> but the fact that, you know, Sophie Wessex is so integrated into the Queen, Queen's life, but they do live quite close by as the um, Wessexes live on the Windsor Park. But also the Countess of Wessex has always brought a slight more sort of realism to the family get-up ever since she arrived mm. sort of several decades ago into the family fold. I mean, obviously it's a bumpy start, but she has just sort of done what, you know, princesses are supposed to do and got on with the job. But do you know there was one night, Elliot, I went, to, I went to see the Northern Ballet at Sadler's Wells, and as I arrived... This? this? would have been about seven years ago. Mm. And oh, as I arrived... Uh, yeah, not recently, guys. <laughs> not recently. Say, yeah. <laughs> like several several years ago. And as I arrived, I saw some police outriders, and I went, "Oh my god, there's somebody important around here." And then I kind of looked, and I saw the car, and I was like, "Oh my word, there's going to be a member of the royal family at this performance." <laughs> and my friend I can was feel like, your excitement was like, I know. "My yeah, friend totally. was like, calm down." I was like, "Oh my word, I hadn't realised it was a royal performance." And Prince Edward is the royal patron of the Northern Ballet, right. so. I was effervescing. So anyway, we got to our seats. <laughs> That's one word for it. And at the beginning of the performance, they played the national anthem and we all had to stand up. It was so exciting. It was so exciting. I've never enjoyed something more. Did you sing along? No, it wasn't like, because the choir. Oh, right. Like, there was an orchestra. You could have. I just want, I, the one thing I thought actually was really quite moving, and, you, and, and also we've talked about it before, but never actually seen it is when the national anthem kicked in yes on the radio fascinating the fact that you knew because i've on the television it was just like oh that they're they're talking about something else and suddenly it just goes to silence and then the national anthem. well on radio one they were playing dance dance music and then it just cuts into the national anthem and then uh the the news and then all the radio stations we talked about already merged together but the, the, the national anthem does I mean, it's not the best of anthems, but it's quite rousing. And when you hear it out of context, you're like, what? Yeah, what the world's going on? But also, now now we realise the next time. No, right, I don't think talking. we'll be talking no, about true. that, James, because no. it won't be happening in our lifetime. No, but Sarah, you, how, for what causes would the national anthem be played, Well, I, I don't, I, to be honest, I just don't think I, mean, I can bear than, to think about it. Obviously, the thing that could never happen. James, you're very, very thin ice. I'm surprised <laughs> you not throwing it out the window. I know, yeah. I know. I mean, I just, I, not in our lifetime is what all I can Prince say. Charles? Would he get it? Yes, definitely. Yes, but but, but, right. but again, okay. I don't know Stop why I'm talking. speculating Stop. about such an awful thing. So George? We... Stop it. Sorry. That's an awful <laughs> naughty boy. Right, so we've heard from uh, Prince Andrew, which was just amazing, uh, and from the Wessexes. Uh, Prince Charles did a little statement outside of his home at Highgrove, uh, which was very nice. Princess Anne put out a written statement. And then we received some more written statements, first of which was from the Duke of Cambridge. Did you read that one, Elliot? I did. And I, it was everything you expected it to be. And I loved the bit at the end about uh, the sort of uh, Catherine and him continuing in his legacy and all that element. And it was very um, 
regal and it's very measured and clearly very thought through. But also, well, I think... Why wouldn't you read what the, the it's a key bit out? It's 197 words. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I thought it's nice that he talked about... My grandfather was an extraordinary man and all that sort of thing. And the cute just, picture they put the cu- out oh, with exactly. little Prince George when he was a toddler. Yeah. Amazing. But to me, the key thing about this, which just has got all the papers going, uh, is that almost exactly half an hour later, we get a, a message from his brother. Yes. And this is the first time, of course, they haven't done something like this as united, as yeah. united. Yeah. and you think they must have agreed I will roughly do it at the same time but the one from Harry was. or who would go first well, exactly the one from Harry was, was very very different um, in that it contrasted markedly with the initial tribute on Harry's website just after the death which was a very just a sentence wasn't it a life of service, which one might speculate wasn't written by Harry. They're obsessed with talking about service because that's the whole thing. Isn't that's it? the barb, yeah, isn't I it? Know, it's like who does, who's better at service. It's a bit uncomfortable, really. Yeah. But Harry's thing said, "Yeah, my grandfather's a man of service, honour, and great humour, whatever." Um, but then this a, a, a strange, <laughs> a strange reference to really his um, a likelihood of saying what might be deemed as racist or off-colour jokes where Harry says you never knew what he might say next well I'll say because um, I mean the pr- Prince Philip was known for saying some slightly ridiculous things and at times very offensive things what to I, people what I kind of loved about him is that he would do it and there was only I think one time recorded where he denied having said something offhand which he had he, said, he then right? said he hadn't said which was about um, uh, uh, deaf children the music making if they weren't deaf before they would be now and he actually came out. He actually came out and said, "No, I didn't say that." So I think what's quite interesting is he put his hands up and often say, "You know, I often put my foot in my mouth." He even famously made a joke about it. So yeah. he was aware that he would, in his sort of off offhand candid moments, say things that would be like, oh, "What?" Yeah. yeah. Um, he is going to be remembered for saying some outrageous he things. He is. But I just thought it was really interesting in Harry's. But the, thing. The, the, Harry, the, Harry the, the, the crucial bit is that he said uh, he was my grandpa. Master of the barbecue, legend of banter, legend of banter, <laughs> and awful. cheeky right till the end. Cheeky. I mean, you can take you can take the uh, the officer out of the army, but you can't take the army out of the officer. I think that's, that's <laughs> exactly. Also, I thought it was weird that he said he's been a rock for Her Majesty, and of course, being someone's rock was famously what Paul Burrell was to uh, Harry's mother Diana. But strange to touch on that with all the loaded um, connotations, and also uh, he, the, uh, he says, "I know that right now, uh, Prince Philip would say to us all." Beer in hand. Oh, do get on with it. Now, is that a coded message to William and the Queen and Buckingham Palace? Do get on with it in saying, you know, take it back. I, no, I, th- I don't think he thought about it that much. I think, do it's think just, so? I think it's written straight from his heart and how and how he's doing it. Um, it definitely it hasn't got that normal filter of the the Meghan Markle media machine. No, you're right. The kind of the Californian therapy speak. But then the other thing that I thought was rather tragic is that he signed off with a Latin phrase used by the Marines: "Per mare, per terram." Harry's not in the Marines anymore. Oh, I and know that is quite sad. I it's looked a bit it up. Tragic, what it, what does it mean again? By sea and by that's land. That's it. By sea and by land. So it's like but it's it epitomizes like the, the the Duke. Yeah, well, because he true. was in the Navy. So I thought I didn't mind that per se. But yeah, but you're right. There is something quite sad. Mate, it's yeah. over now. You're not part of that gang anymore. And I thought it was a bit. It's him trying to be fresh and young and personal which is nice which is a glimpse of Harry that we we all love we know and love we know yes. and love stripped of all the Californian sort of rubbish speak uh, so it was it was a be- it was a, it was a nice statement but cheeky banter master of the barbecue I mean it's Harry, cringe I found it quite yeah I found it quite cringe but speaking of Prince Harry he is now 
in the United Kingdom. In quarantine. Could be in, listening to this right now. Yeah, Probably yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope you're enjoying your hope quarantine, Yeah, Harry. your majesty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he uh, has come alone. It's obviously uh, his wife, Megan, is pregnant and has been advised not to fly, which makes me think that the baby is due sooner than we thought. Uh, is he not meant to fly in the last well, I think trimester? It's, uh, it's due in two months, isn't it? There's, there's two We're things, not sure. It? So they've not given a date. Yeah. Not coming, in some respects, is quite... It's handy in a way, but also it's good that she's thinking of the baby. Let's start with that point. I think also, it's let's, let's remember, yeah. as always. she did have a miscarriage Yeah, How last long ago year. was that miscarriage? Well, she wrote about it in about July time, did she not? So, so we don't know when it was. Yeah, it could have been and we a, don't know how pregnant one. she was or whatever. No, so true, I, I think true. it's well within so her medical rights to She's going to, to be that. careful. Yeah, yes, I think I, I would be super careful in that situation. I agree, and I think it's also, I, I mean... There's no right or easy way of saying this, but she, her friends said she didn't want to be the centre of attention. See, this is where it, this is where, this is where it, starts it makes to go, me feel uncomfortable. Really? Why are her friends making any comment on so, it? Two things: the, the centre of attention at this funeral is going to be the grieving widow, who also happens to be the Her queen. Majesty the Queen. Yes, yes. Um, you know, if she's not the centre of attention, then something is wrong. Mm. Um, and it's interesting that she frames it that way if she has whether it's just her friends or that her friends think she would frame it that way it's also interesting mm. it puts the ego at the centre mm. um, but in some respects she should have if anything was being said it's like I'm pregnant I can't travel and anyway it's a numbers game you're in Covid let's let the family who've known him longer do that she could have done the whole yeah, like the Prime also, Minister saying I'm not going to come yeah, I mean I thought the Prime Minister saying that was ridiculous if he was ever going to be invited when there's only 30 well, he would, people normally he would be he would be invited normally but we're not in normal times no but it also no. means it's a stepping away because that means there is no representation from the public at large I think it's going to be a family yeah. funeral yes. I've been doing the maths is it going to be televised yeah, three o'clock on Sunday. Well, so, so, Saturday, because we're sorry. all getting together to watch yeah. something. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah James, I, don't know, I don't know when you're turning. I do wonder whether the service itself would be broadcast, or whether we just get the all No, the... it's all broadcast. Oh, wow, okay. It's all broadcast. Oh, he was quite a fan of bringing the television cameras in. So. in yeah. Oh, completely. I think this is what's so interesting about Prince Philip. You know, in the 1960s, allowed the family to be filmed. He was very forward-thinking. He wanted to embrace technology, you know... I think it's fitting that in some ways he's getting the funeral that he wanted because he never wanted a big funeral. He didn't want to have a state funeral. So now he's having the family funeral that will be Perfect. filmed and shared, mm. shared company. But only Could, the... Just before we move on, can we just go back to Megan for one Oh, we're going to continue talking about Megan. Don't I just, worry. I just want to say that, that, that thing that she said, her friends, said today about how she's ready to forgive. Oh, that made me feel <laughs> She's ready to There's forgive. There's nothing to forgive. I just sat here poking a bear, James. No, I know. Like, like, honestly. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about <laughs> Holding some honey and poking so a bear. Ridiculous. Well, so how, ridiculous. how do you feel about that, Sarah? Do, do you think... I don't do think, think, do you think these things are helpful. To forgive? But I also wonder whether these friends who are making comments, whether they are just saying things to get paid some money Because uh, they know the what's we'll printed. Because they know what's mm. going to be printed... I'm not sure that that is a helpful thing. Therefore, I'm not sure that Meghan and Harry would really want to be saying these things. I think that the the, the forgiveness that needs to take place is actually just a smoothing out of the relationship between William and Harry, which I think we are all keen to see happen mm. in the coming months. Obviously, they have the funeral this weekend. Harry will be back in July for the unveiling of the statue. Of the statue. So, you know, I think that's what where we're focusing the forgiveness on, surely. Thinking of forgiveness, there's a good point made in the Daily Mail today where the question is posed, and I, I think you should both give your answer on this. If you were William, could you forgive Harry? Yes, because he's your brother. Yeah, he is your brother. It, yes, but absolutely. But wholeheartedly. Completely, yes. Completely. You'd yeah. completely say, okay. But would, but would it be 
would it be codified? It depends what code? kind of brothers they are. They might be the ones where they might meet, punch each other in the face, move on, yeah. have a bit of scrap. I doubt they're those kind of brothers. No. They might just, it might be much more of an English thing of like, all right, mate, how are you? Move on, never talk about us again. Yeah, I think you're but right there. But you have to meet, you have to meet for that to work. But I, I, yes, th- I think the love that you have for a sibling outranks the love for anybody else and on that, so in that way, doesn't it? So Could especially William when you've gone Meghan? through that. That's a different question. I don't think William's that keen on Meghan. So it might just be that she's not invited as often as one of the like. problems. Yeah. One of the problems with the relationship between Harry and Meghan is Harry had been single for so long, so Prince William and um, Kate Middleton were so used to it being a trio, mm-hmm. and the three of them doing things. Obviously, when Harry then brings someone new in, it changes the dynamic. Mm. And I think when you're the Fab s- four. exactly, but when you're the single person and you're known as the single person, and then that changes. Often couples find it difficult to adapt. Mm. And I think that the change in dynamic was there. I think it was perfectly reasonable for Prince William to say to Prince Harry, are you sure this is really what you want to do? You seem to be rushing into this. Yeah. That is a normal conversation. You'd say that, that to anyway. You'd say, you sure? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I say that to you two, and you've both been married to it for ages. <laughs> Not to each other, I add, but, but you know. Uh, but, but on the issue of forgiveness, there was a fascinating thing I read saying that Prince Philip didn't, wouldn't be in the same room as Sarah Ferguson uh, the Duchess of York after the toe-sucking thing some years ago. I mean, the 90s were a different time, guys. Well, they were, in a more instant age. But he wouldn't be in the same room as her. And more importantly, if he was in residence at one of the palaces, he she wouldn't, couldn't, uh, turn, she up, couldn't yeah. turn up. So on the issue of forgiveness, if that's the example set by your grandfather, if this is the way in which they live, as in, I literally do not want you in my house if I'm in that house, forgiveness, you know, that, 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 that's grudge-bearing. That is grudge bearing. And it's also about the image of the family. If you mess with the image of the family, then it's legitimate to hold a pretty potent grudge. And I think. But the Queen forgave Sarah Ferguson, because remember, Sarah Ferguson was allowed to keep a hold of her title. Yes. So I think there was clearly, clearly, Prince Philip just didn't like her. It's always been speculated that Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson would remarry after the death of Prince Philip. Oh. So let's see what happens there. I don't think Sarah Ferguson will be at the funeral. Do you oh. not? No, I don't. Oh, because, because and you were heading there Would you like to hear my prediction? Yes. Go on, let's hear it. Right? Runners and riders. This is 30 names, um, listeners, hold on to your hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be... Yeah, exactly. Okay. Don't do all the titles. It's so be I believe that the Queen, Prince Charles... You think the Queen will be there? Yeah, I do think the Queen will be there. <laughs> I do, I do. The Queen, Prince Charles, Camilla, Prince William, Kate Middleton. Prince Harry. Please don't refer to her as Kate Middleton. Oh, sorry, but so just... disrespectful. Oh, get over yourselves. Right, Prince Harry, Duke of York... Beatrice and Edo, Eugenie and Jack, Prince Edward, Sophie, um, Louise, James, Princess Royal, Timothy Lawrence, Peter Phillips, Zara Tyndall, Mike Tyndall. So that is children and grandchildren. The only asterisk that I've put so far is that it wouldn't surprise me if the ex-wife of Peter Phillips, Autumn Phillips, was invited. So how many is that on your list? That gets us to 20. 21 if Autumn Phillips comes. Okay, run the last nine slots. So then I believe it would be the Duke of Gloucester, the Duchess of Gloucester, the Duke of Kent, not the Duchess of Kent, because I don't believe she's very well. Uh, she's got COVID, hasn't she? I don't know. I'm not, yeah, her, yeah, I'm yeah, not her doctor, yeah. but I don't think she's been well. Then um, Prince Michael of Kent, Princess Michael of Kent, Princess Alexandra, Earl Snowden, Sarah Chatter. That gets us to Is 28. Much more of a list of names. That's a huge list it's of important. names. It's well, important. Yeah. What about members of staff? I mean, I think well, the only the member of staff that I think I would be... I bet he's got a loyal manservant. Yes. Well, his private secretary. That's all who I think would be, be there. 
But those twenty, those twenty-eight names, and as I say, it would be thirty for Autumn Phillips and his private secretary were there. But that's not including the spouses of Earl Snowden and Sarah Chatto. So it'll be interesting to see who after those are those core twenty. And a future, a future time we will come, but come on to the minor royal royals. Of the week. Who other people may not be so familiar because with. I know they're your favourites. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know who half of those people are. Oh, you James. do for goodness' sake! Well, I don't sake. know much about them, so I think it'd be quite interesting. We to can talk do an, about we, them. Well, we can do an entire show on the Gloucester family tree. I will happily <laughs> do. <a> whole, <laughs> I will happily do a whole episode on Sarah Chatter, who's Princess Margaret's daughter. I might be washing my hair that week. Okay, so that's my. I think there'll be more members of staff, personally. I think that, yes, there'll be the children and the grandchildren, which, as you say, comes to 20. And I think there'll be people who we've never heard of who've been his loyal aides for years and years and years. I think there'll probably be... But he's outlived a lot of his royal aides. This is actually quite, what's quite also, interesting. I think there might be Lady Penny Romsey. His oh. carriage-driving friend. His friend of many years, uh, with whom he was exceptionally close, referred to by royal staff as... Uh, what was it? And, and the other, or and other, that whenever they were doing guest lists for things, there'd always be uh, Prince Philip and the well, other. Well, I think it's lovely that he had a friend who he could go carriage driving with. Yes, um, but I think she'll be there, and I think that'd be fascinating. Well, let's see if that's the case, but you know... I don't think pe- she will. People don't, don't often invite their carriage driving friends to attend well, things. close friends. I, don't, I think we ought to talk about we ought to dwell on this. It'll, all be, it'll be family, and basically his, his, his um, closest man is his family, so... I think that's a shame. I think. I think it is a shame, and I think in other times and other places it would have been different, and it would have been small but bigger. But rules is rules, even for the royal yeah, family. you know, th- this is that, the COVID regulations here in the with, UK. With so have to lead by example. With so few places, every single one of those are going to be scrutinised. So maybe close comforts like Lady Penny Romsey wouldn't be. I do not like the way you're just referring because to this, James. somebody has a friend that they go carriage driving with doesn't mean they then come to the funeral. All right. <laughs> so get back in your box there, James. Thank you. Okay. Moving on. So we have also been told some of the arrangements for the funeral. So we know that it's going to be at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, it's happening at St. George's Chapel in uh, Windsor, which is where Meghan and Harry got married. So people will be familiar for it. Um, the Prince, I mean, I know that you will uh, enjoy this bit, uh, Elliot, because it's uh, something that's going to be made in the... West Midlands. Oh, brilliant. Oh, the Land Rover. The Land Rover. So he's always driven Land Rovers and he's worked with Land Rover, which is based close to where Elliot grew up. And it's going to be customised for his his coffin. Is is Land Rover owned by the Chinese or the Indians? The the Indians, but it's a very West Midlands company. Thank you very much. Look, you're from the West Midlands originally as as well. You should know these things. Both of us being, you know... Popular, you know, Brummies. For for international visitors, neither James nor Elliot have a strong West Midlands accent, which uh, is... But the Land Rover's a nice touch. I like that. I also love the sort of story of how he's worked with the... I always get the name right, the Royal Mechanical Engineers. Mm. There's another E in there somewhere. To convert it. Um, To convert it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a real close relationship with with the military who who are behind the whole organisation of royal funerals as well. His personal standard, which is basically his personal flag, will be uh, across the coffin. The the pallbearers will be from the military who will carry the coffin up the the west steps. Do you know the coffin was made 30 years ago? 30 years ago, wow. 30 years ago, yeah. God knows how they knew what size he'd be, but... Well, it's not going to get any bigger. Yeah, you're only going to shrink, aren't you? Yeah. So the, that's a little bit disrespectful. All of the <laughs> true, all of the pallbearers and such like they're not included in the thirty. Neither is the the clergy. So that those people were kind of 
help the They'll be a choir, mechanics. I don't know. No, because you can't sing in church at the moment. Really? No, because this is the problem we have in church. You have to go outside to sing. So you just have you turn. So lots of churches don't tell you. You can have a cantor, which is a single singer, but you wouldn't do that at a funeral. Right. Okay. So it won't be like the normal royal pageantry we're used to. The so, so it'd be quite a short service. Then, I imagine it'd be very short. Funeral services can be quite short anyway. It'd be very somber. Who, who, who'll be doing the readings? Do you know what they? I the think this will. is all the stuff we need to find out. We It'll won't. be very much led by the clergy, but there'll be. Yeah. I don't think we'll find that <clears throat> out until Saturday morning. Was he a very religious man? Well, he went to church every week. Fair enough. I mean, you never know what's in a man's soul. Also, remember, the Queen is the head of the Church of England. Good so point. all members well of the royal family and attend And that's the thing, the, the, the royal family and the church and the military are very interlinked. Yes. So that, that every, all royal occasions focus around those three elements. The church elements. and the military, yes. And also, I think there's just the element, even in the UK at large, funerals are still one of those things that very heavily happen around either chapels or churches. Yeah. So there's still... That's quite. That's just the way it is. Still, weddings and funerals are still, even mm. if we're not as religious as we were. Well, I'm pleased that we will be able to watch the funeral together and to commemorate the life of Prince Philip together what, 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 on Saturday. You, what are the reviewing figures looking like? James, but, but, no but bear idea. in mind, such a journalist. <laughs> no, but bear in mind, loads of people turned. Well, off if they the do what they did last weekend, it'll be the only thing on TV. Oh my word! Yes, it will. Be. I think it'd be. I think it'd be hard. Well, no, it's Saturday. It's the first Saturday. They've had, they've had to move. Which they've pubs to, are open? They've yeah. had to move the racing and the football. Really? Mm. I think. I suppose. I mean, would it be respectful to show it on the big screen at pubs? People standing outside, looking through the windows. I think people might do that. I, I remember so. watching I nice the wedding between Sophie yeah. and Edward on, in a pub. Um, but just as we kind of round off uh, today, what would you say kind of your lasting memory of Prince Philip's going to be, Elliot? For me, it's definitely the fact he was the stalwart to Her Majesty. And I know that sounds terrible because my husband, who's not, you know, a huge fan of the royal family, will go, oh, good, he, he got married and lived a long time. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's such a traitor. I know, isn't it? It's terrible. Um, but it, there is an element of, but that shouldn't be... In this day and age, being married for that long and being that devoted to your other half is is something that should be celebrated. Absolutely. So I, I, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think the fact that he wasn't British and became British is a huge part of Prince Philip's story that isn't talked about enough and yeah. talks about modern Britain in a way that we are beginning to again following uh, Meghan. Yeah. And actually, you know, he did this. Well, Seventy that's a years good point. ago, someone from another country who's been absorbed into the royal family seamlessly with self-sacrifice. Mm. That's a very, very. But good then, point. As, as a lot of stuff has come out from this, the era they got married in, and how uh, it was so, it's another planet. Yeah. I mean, he has witnessed such a, a transformation. But he's in, pushed a lot of that. As well. Yes, he has. He mm. has. You know, the, the social change that has taken place between 1947, when they got married, and 2021 is quite remarkable. What's your abiding memory? Oh yeah. Well, in some ways, I think I'm going to think of him in terms of that being that you know motion of change. You know, the the guts, I guess, of allowing cameras into the royal family in the 1960s. I would love to watch that TV series, but you can't find <laughs> you can't it anywhere. It's really frustrating. And when there are snippets of it used, so I think the the support and also that image of him walking with his grandsons on the day of Diana's funeral mm. and the support that he gave. And I think, you know, there's a moment where he puts his hand on the back of, uh, I think, Prince William as they walk through an arch in that kind of a private moment that we all saw. I think that's what I'm going to kind of remember him for, just always being there. Mm. A bit like you uh, were saying, Elliot, you know, he's, he's just always mm. be, been 
present in very important moments. What about you, James? Well, I prefer to draw on the uh, knowledge I've gained from watching The Crown. <laughs> I uh, knew you were going to say uh, something uh, like and the, and the, that. The, oh, the, James. The, I mean, well, the, the documentary, The Crown. The documentary <laughs> that is The Crown. Where, where, where he was... A hugely inaccurate documentary. Slightly frustrated at the limitations which his job um, gave him. That he, he was excited about the moon landings. He was excited about this, excited about that. But he kept having to be to rein himself mm. in because it wasn't his place to do much other than be a sturdy stay and consort to Her Majesty. And I think, in a way, there's a kind of, there's a sadness, there's a frustration in there that he had all this money and palaces and sexy uniforms and all that. But ultimately, he did his job very well, but he wasn't able to do much more than that. And he had to be, every time he said anything, he got jumped on. He had to restrict himself. And I think it's rather... Frustrating, and but there's an element of that which I think is history repeating itself because Prince Albert, Queen Victoria's husband, had the same frustration, mm. and I think right? um, uh, Prince Philip and Prince Albert did the same thing. I mean, um, Albert became Prince Consort, and but that never happened with Prince Philip. He was always um, sort of who he was, the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah. He was never that official role was never given. Yeah. Um, but they both forged their own paths and still did a lot with it. Mm. I mean, if all of the stuff that Prince Philip did, the, the, all of the engagements with the community, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Award, the, you know, the stories that he's now yeah. brought, you know, he was an inspiration behind the fact we have gift aid and things like that. You was know, he? Yeah. Mm. So there's all sorts of things he was involved in. And, and that classic thing we talk about a lot, the convening power. And he did a lot with it and he knew how to do a lot with it and turn that into something where you could be revolutionary and reformative in a role which doesn't officially have those capacities, mm. which some of the... So it's the same thing. He, 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 you, you, you celebrate what he did. I... Celebrate, celebrate that too, but also sad that he couldn't do more. I'm sure that yeah, well, he could have done. But yeah, but uh, as as Harry said, what a legend, cheeky yeah. king of banter, king of the barbecue, legend of banter. I'm not sure that's how we'll remember him, but it's good that his grandson does. Well, I'm pleased, as I say, that we're going to watch this funeral together, and no doubt we'll be talking about the funeral on next week's episode. If you do wish to watch the funeral, it is on at 3 p.m. UK time on Saturday. Can you say like and subscribe at this point? Oh, I will do, James. Worry not. Uh, but do like and subscribe. as ale- Allegedly, it helps other people find us. And if you wish to follow us on the socials, we are at <coughs> Windsor Watch Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. So You're doing please... a great job. Oh, thank you, Ellie. You're too kind. You and your socials. Well, look, have a lovely week, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Toodle pip. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.